you have your Bibles or your electronic devices, you might want to turn them on or open up to John chapter 21. The Lord spoke a while ago to move into a series, What You Do Matters. For 21 days we have been praying and fasting. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to set aside in a number of forms those past three weeks to seek God together and to, to just ask God to speak. And, and I'll tell you, it's amazing at the answered prayer that we are receiving every day. I want you to know that it really does matter when you and I do things like that. I'm concerned today that the church is forgetting what matters. The church, as we know it, is in danger of dying. The church, as we know it, is in danger of becoming weak, lethargic, apathetic, forgetting that what we do matters. What Jesus did matters. So Easter is absolutely amazing. He's in that. Amen. Amen. And it's not about candy. <laughs> did you know that Easter, I found this out listening to the news, is the largest money-making holiday when it comes to candy, even more than Halloween, and even more than Valentine's Day. $2.2 billion. We will have candy for sale. <laughs> You know, I was talking to someone about Easter and what does it mean for you and your family. That individual just said, well, it means, man, the, the Easter egg hunt, the candy, and we're going to go. I said, are you going to go to church? No, we're going to go someplace where we can get lots of candy. And I see that for you and I, there is a huge danger that we're missing sight of really what it's about. And why we come together. We come to celebrate and remember that we serve a risen Lord. Amen. And it really does matter that Jesus died on the cross. It matters that he was put into the tomb. It matters that he was wrapped in cloth. That he was, Lord, literally, a, it matters a stone was placed at the entrance of that tomb. And it matters that the stone was rolled away. Hallelujah. It matters that the tomb is now empty. It matters to you and I that there are over 500 eyewitnesses to his resurrection. It matters that he ascended to heaven, and it matters that he's seated at the right hand of God's throne. And it matters whether you believe and receive Jesus as your Savior. Resurrection really happened. If it wasn't for the resurrection, then we don't even need to. There is an empty tomb in Israel. I've seen the empty tomb that represents that place where Jesus resurrected. When you begin to think what happened, it ought to matter to you and I that millions of people have had their lives changed over and over Amen. and over again. Amen. That throughout history, we see the evidence that is so clear. Easter reminds us that Jesus did matter, that Jesus does matter, and that he is at least declared the great I am. Isn't that Amen. I think about what matters. I was reflecting on the fact that this month of April 2015, Abundant Life Works where Church celebrates its 80th 
And he said to him, Ten, my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. It matters. It matters if we love Jesus or not. It matters if we feed, if we tend, if we take care of the lambs and the sheep. It really matters who Peter sees who he is. I find it interesting that when Jesus talks to him and declares this very powerful declaration, you'll notice he doesn't call him Peter. He called him Simon, son of Jonah. I want you to think about that. Who's Jonah? Jonah was a runner. Jonah was someone that God spoke, and what did he do? Went the other way. And somehow Peter has that quality to the name, Simon Bar-Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah, son of a runner. Peter, rock. Here Jesus is saying, Peter, do you want to be a rock, or do you want to be a runner? I hear God speaking to some of us. Do you want to be a rock? Or do you want to be a run? Because too often we run. Something doesn't work out just the way we hoped it would. Things don't happen just the way they, we thought they should. Somehow something happens within the life of your family or your church or what goes on in your small group or something, and something doesn't quite happen. And what do we do? Do we stand as a rock, holding firm and, and working through the issues and the matters of life, or do we run? God's word to you and I today is to not run, but to stand strong. And really declare to God, I love you. And I'm not going anywhere. I am not going to run away from you. In verse 18, it continues, and most assuredly I say to you, when, when you were younger, you buried yourself and walked where you wish. And when you're old, you stretch out your hand, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Here he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. And what would you say to someone if you just spoke a word to them and said, You are going to die, here's how you're going to die, then what do you say? Jesus said, Follow me. Because that's what Peter needed to hear. That's what you and I need to hear. That we are called to follow him. And to not allow things to get in the way. Because there's a lot of things that some of you have allowed to get in the way. And you're not following him. It's interesting because the word that Jesus uses for you English majors is the present tense imperative. Which means keep on following him. And he's saying, Peter, you stop for a while. You are given an opportunity to do what matters and declare yourself as a follower. And what did you do instead? You denied me three times. You know, God says to you and I, let me tell you what matters, your consistency, your discipline, your passion, your sacrifice. I can't think of a more ugly feeling than disappointing God. I know it's like to occasionally disappoint God. Just like you do. It's one of those things that keeps me up at night. You know, any of you have this 
time when you awaken about three in the morning and you got that thought going on inside your head going, oh God, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did this happen? I have to wonder what happened to Peter. He totally messed up. He totally blew it. He turned his back on Jesus. And now he's got to be thinking, oh great, he's resurrected. <laughs> now I've got to account for my actions. <laughs> I'm sure he was thankful, but can you imagine that the power of that would happen to Peter? You know what it's like. When you blow it, you do something wrong. You know, what do you do if you've done something wrong to someone and you've hurt them or you've injured them? And now you realize you've wronged them, so what do you need to do? What do we what should we do? Well, you're already thinking, well, I should go apologize. I should go and ask for forgiveness. Now I ask you, how do you do that if they've died on you? That's one of the most terrible, awful kinds of feelings that I talk to people about often about how do I handle the fact that I've never had a chance to deal with that situation, that circumstance, and now they've passed on. That is Peter. For a moment when he saw everything end, and can you imagine the power of that emotion that gripped his heart? And now that he's resurrected, so would God forgive him? I mean, what, what would God say? Would he accept him? Would he love him? See, Peter wasn't sure. That's why Peter ran and went back to his old way of life. And he did what you and I did. He realized that, wow, he had given up, he walked away. And now he's assuming the worst. And so what does he do? Goes back to his old way of living. Goes back fishing. Let me tell you, this wasn't just fishing like I'm going to go... You know how some of us lose ourselves and want to get away, so we go fishing. This was something where he realized that he needed to deal with life. I want you to know something. What we do matters. And when you give up and go back to an old way of living, when you give up and run, when you don't cope in a godly fashion, then something is going to happen. See, and this is what takes place in so many of our lives. Do you realize that so many of us we get ourselves in a situation, we blow it. How many of you have ever blown it towards with God? Well, let me look up here. How many of you have never blown it with God? That would be easier, don't you think? Yeah, no one's going to raise their hand. So we all come and we basically say, then what do you do when you blow it? Do you run? Do you go the other way when things aren't working right? I mean, how do you cope? Get on some medicine, get on some drugs, alcohol, do something. I, I talk to people every day, weekly, who have shared with me what they do. Talking to Paula, not her real name. I have permission to share her story, but not use her name. And she said, for years I cope by hiding bottles of wine throughout the house. And when things got really bad, I could go drink wine. And I did that every day of my life, four years, and no one knew it. And if you met her, you'd be certain that she was a follower of Jesus. And I don't doubt that should something happen, she would have gone and be with the Lord, 
but she was not coping well. She was running away from God. And another one, we'll call him Bobby. Just talked to him the other day. 20 years of addiction. 20 years of trying to cope with life. And now marriage isn't working out so well. A lot of things aren't working out so good. So what does he do? Well, like all the rest of us, let's go get some math and take a hit to get over what I need to get over. He's tried everything else, so why not something that would help me lose myself? Because he declared himself as a believer, and I asked him, are you not a believer in Jesus? Then why are you running? Instead of stopping and being that walk with Jesus. You know his answer was? I don't know. All I can tell you is that when I took that first hit, man, I never had anything grab me so fast and so quickly. Addiction is a horrible thing. I'm convinced that 60% of Americans are addicted to something bad. I'm convinced that there is so much going on. You know, there's a lot of crazy experiments that went on. There was one that took place not too long ago, a few years ago. They decided to see what happened if they got a bunch of monkeys addicted to cocaine. And so what happened is they set this experiment up. And all they did was pull a little lever. And the feeding tray would give them a little bit of cocaine. And sure enough, as the experiment went on, every one of those monkeys got addicted. It was interesting because the scientists discovered that if the monkeys were given free access to additional cocaine hits any time they wanted, just by pulling a lever, Every single one of those monkeys killed themselves. Every one of them died. They found also something very interesting. That when an addicted monkey was ready to get its next fix and pull that lever, if that next fix was withheld, the question was how many consecutive times would they pull that lever until they would give up, realizing they're not going to get another hit? This is the average, 12,800 times. That poor monkey, so addicted, I gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have it. And that's the same word of human beings who also get trapped. But I'm here to tell you that with a resurrected Lord, there is a way that is free and liberating from that kind of addiction. You have to say addicted to your job or to gambling or sex or alcohol or drugs. It's time that you and I realize that there is power to overcome. But you know what you need to do? Is surrender to Jesus. You come to a place where you really, genuinely surrender to Jesus. That's a lot of, for many of us. Is we come to this point where God says, you know how God will surrender to Jesus? This is the white flag of surrender. I surrender. Kind of wimpy, doesn't it? I surrender, man. All right. Let me tell you what surrender should look like. God, I surrender. I surrender, God. Big white flag. 
surrender or surrender. But you see, many of us are this. And God says, you need to raise the flag. And if you do, the word of God says that he will redeem you, he will restore you, and he will renew you and bring an absolute amazing victory in your life. If you just turn over your life to God. You see, it really does matter what takes place. The word of God made it clear that he would do amazing things. Remember Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Judea, in Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Let me tell you something. What you do matters. What you say and how you minister to your friends and family matters. Don't make any mistake that something small doesn't count. But I, I have an amazing account of God's miracles. There's a mom today, and I have permission to share every one of those, whose name is Barbara, was a new believer thanks to the ministry and efforts of many, but Cindy and Patricia in particular, sharing Jesus with her. Because there was a celebrate recovery and the miracle power of Jesus, Barbara is now experiencing freedom from drug addiction for over 18 months, healing from a neglectful and healthy relationship. She attends the our church and is now trusting God. Does anyone know that? I see the connection because that would not have happened unless Sydney had received Jesus. Unless Cindy had been faced with the choice to become liberated from her addiction and her dysfunction, and she was healed, she went back to school, she was trained to help others by the encouragement of others attending church, where she would eventually marry her husband, Dan, partner in ministry and life, and now lead Celebrate Recovery. But that's exciting, isn't it? Isn't that? But that would not have happened if Cindy hadn't brought her child. The Abundant Life Horseware Church, preschool, daycare. And there met Carolyn Perkins. Carolyn, who was at that time directing it, and would provide support and encouragement and mentorship to Cindy that would direct her toward Jesus and the support of health. But you know what? That didn't happen. If Bob and Carolyn hadn't seen the sign on the highway <laughs> and came to this church and met Dale Steinberg at the door who warmly greeted them, not once, but twice. And then on the second Sunday, Dell remembered their name. And because of that, that opened the door where they decided they would come to church. That wouldn't have happened. If Dell wasn't there smiling at the door, fulfilling the call of ministry of greeting people as they came in. So you think a smile is not worth it? You think a warm word of greeting? Look what happened and the result of what happened. Barbara today is free because of what started way back when. It matters when you pray. Earl and Patricia have experienced the healing power of Jesus. And Earl, healed from cancer, overcame a life-threatening complication. Why? As he says, because the church family prayed for him. Patricia overcame and was miraculously healed of what was happening on her liver. Commander Neal is alive today because of the power of prayer and God's grace and the emergency care of people who were there because God's willingness and God's people were great. What an 
who's alive today because of the Lord, the skill of a surgeon, and a lot of prayer. And today, a totally restored artery. And here's the miracle. God's growing new arteries in his heart. stage four metastatic melanoma given less than one year to live but because of the Lord and the prayer and the support of her husband of her family of her friends and an experimental treatment that basically said you have a 10% chance basically of, of, of this thing working today she is cancer free and cancer-free because of the work of the Lord and doctors and prayer and support of her husband, church and family. We are seeing the miraculous. These are just a taste of what God does, and it matters when you pray. Because you know that. Amen. But we're not telling you that because it matters when you share and minister to others. There's a young man, Tyler, at age 16, a recent new believer. You know why? Because there are a bunch of youth playing Evergreen Park playing football. And some students and leaders took time to talk and encourage him. And on March 15th of this year, nine months later, at the SEAL training, he would ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior. Thank God. Thank God. Rebecca came and said, pray for my relationship with my dad. It is going, it is just not good. And we prayed and we fasted and we sought the Lord. And now she reports today, as a result of all that happened, an amazing opportunity opened for her and her dad to reconnect in a new and healthy way. <coughs> Listen, God's a miraculous thing. I'm just giving you a taste. Well, I'm going to ask, does God do anything around here? Yes. God does a lot because there's a Tiffany and Larry who have experienced the miraculous power of God in their family and marriage. There's Dan and Teresa who are going the wrong way in their relationship, but today are stronger than ever because of the of the of the Lord of the Lord of all, the support of people, the church, and Dan reports he still gets butterflies when Teresa enters the room. Adam's a changed man today. Because of the power of God and because of a friend like Ken Holquist and Roy Salinas and many others. His marriage was destined to be over. Eight years of just infidelity and problems and all kinds of things. But today, in just a few weeks, he heads home to be reunited with his wife for the first time. And God has done a miracle. Amen. Every time you and I share our faith, give up our time, give up our talent, go to church, read the Bible, pray, fast, study, learn. When we help others worship, love, hope, sing, minister, declare, proclaim, when we take a stand, it really does matter. Yes. And here's the evidence of what God is doing in our lives. I tell you the truth, the word says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And I believe God has called us to overcome. I believe our job is continuing the work that God has called us to do. And I want you to know it does matter. What you do matters. Your city here matters. The fact that we declare the world around us, that we gather, it matters. 
I want you to hear the words Jesus said, take heart because I have overcome the world. If you need power to overcome, God is here to overcome. If you need to get back into the game, God's here to help you get back into the game. You need to remember, God has never moved away from you. You move away from God. God doesn't go anywhere. You and I do. And we need to come back to where God wants us. Listen, God wants you to really believe in Him and love Him and not give a bunch of lip service. I've done this for a long time here. A lot of people have knowledge, principle, religion, but they have no relationship, no real passion. Because the minute something goes south, they run. Calling me to be a rock. I'm calling to believe and receive Jesus Christ to save you. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Whoever lives and, and believes in me will never die. Do you believe it? Yes. I'm calling you to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, as well as your personal saviors. Romans 10, 9 tells us that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says what? You will be saved. Say that with me. You will be saved. I'm asking you to understand forgiveness. Because if we ask Him to forgive our sins, it tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And finally, invite Jesus in your life to be the Savior and Lord of your life. In John 1, 12, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There is only one way. His name is Jesus.